the Entrepreneurial Journey Podcast. We're talking business and building a culture that's kick-ass. Where we make it happen, grab your seat, let's have a blast. At the Entrepreneurial Journey Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneurial Journey Podcast. Today I have Tom Crombie and we need to mind our P's and Q's because Tom was once a teacher. (laughs) Hi Tom, how are you? Hi, I'm really well, thank you. Lovely to be speaking with you. Wonderful. So you're the CEO and you're the founder of myonlineschooling.com. And once upon a time you were a teacher. Tell us about that spark of inspiration that got you started with this business. Yeah, really good question. Yeah, so I I was a teacher for uh, around about 10 years, starting my teaching career in Scotland in a a state school after I left uh, university. Uh, That then took me across the the world to New Zealand, where I was a teacher uh, in an international school in Auckland for around about five years. Um, And it was in the last kind of couple of years in that school in, in Auckland, I was a, I was a primary teacher, um, but I was also responsible for implementing IT into the classroom, for rewriting the IT curriculum in the school. And I found a real love of e-learning. Um, for those of who don't know the term e-learning, essentially um, learning through digital interaction in the in the classroom. And I was responsible for bringing in a number of devices into the school. And I found a real passion there. I found that you could allow young people to access education from an inclusion point of view. Technology was really, really powerful. It could bring more people together. It could bring uh, young people together. And of course, young people um, today are so digitally literate um, that I really enjoyed it. Uh, then I returned back to home, back in back to Edinburgh, uh, in and uh, wanted to continue to make a difference, but wanted to challenge myself in something slightly different. And at that time, I could see there was a growing number of young people out of education that didn't have access to education in the way that they deserve. And with my work in the school utilising technology, I thought there was an opportunity to bring technology together to create a, a different pathway to education. And so an online school developed. It was a very small scale at the time, um, back in 2016 when I started the project. Um, but it was that, yeah, it was it was that that sparked the, the creation of, of what we are today. Cool. I'm going to take you all the way back, way, way back. What, what was the inspiration... Uh, for being a primary school teacher, because that's almost a vocation. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, I went, I started and did my first undergraduate degree in, in geography, and I chose that because I liked my geography teacher at school, and he inspired me, and I liked it, and I was quite good at it. So I went and did a degree, but I had no idea what I was going to do beyond that. Um, I'd always... Um, I'd always, I'd had sort of summer jobs in um, in in schools and in sort of um, teaching sport, and I really enjoyed interacting with young people, and and I, and I found that uh, I sort of, uh, yeah, a, a love of that in my my sort of last year in in my undergraduate degree. So, um, primary teaching was something I started to investigate, and I got. Um, I went to try and get some experience. It's quite, it was back at that time, it was quite tough to get a place on the course. So you, you couldn't go just with your 
um, either undergraduate degree or your school grades, you had to have some sort of uh, experience in, in the field. So I, I went and volunteered in, in schools and I, I volunteered in, in special educational needs schools, uh, the Royal Blind School in, in Edinburgh. And All I did right. a whole pile of things and I, I found I loved it. I really enjoyed it. And I applied for, um, for uh, my postgraduate in, in primary teaching at University of Edinburgh and I uh, I was accepted on that and I've never looked back since. Nice so because I heard you talk uh, last week which is why I've invited you onto the podcast and what occurred to me as I was sitting there listening was that you know 10 years in primary education uh, and you went to New Zealand were you burnt out after 10 years what, what was the drive to get you to New Zealand because that's a huge move. Yeah, good, good question. Lots of people have asked me that. Um, there were a few, a few things. I think I'd always had it in me to, um, to, to want to challenge myself to live abroad. I've always loved traveling. Um, New Zealand is somewhere I'd never visited um, before, and um, I just met my partner just um, about six or eight months before we went, and and she was also. Um, uh, an avid traveler and, and somebody who wanted to sort of challenge themselves. And it, it all happened very quickly. Um, we, we, we sort of decided to, to make the move and, and, and what we thought was going to be a year turned out to be five. But from a professional point of view as well, I, I'd done a number of years teaching in, in Scotland and thoroughly enjoyed it and started my career and did a huge amount of my formative learning in the industry in Scotland. But I wanted to to push myself professionally and go and experience what it's like in in other schools i was also really drawn by new zealand's uh, love of sport uh, i'm a big lover of sport i think sports are really an integral important part of of young people's education and and the sort of outward bound sense of adventure that the country brings as well from a teaching point of view and i wanted to go and experience that and um, yeah, really interesting. The, the similarities, but the immense differences in in culture, but in in school culture as well, and and the way things are are done um, across there compared to here in Scotland. So so that was the the drive, and I said it was a a plan to go for a year. Uh, five years later, we were we were still there, and got our permanent residency, and uh, started you? to develop the accent a little bit. Right, but you came back. What brought you back? Yeah, I think we got to we got to five years and, and one year then became two. Then we thought we'd go after two and that became three. And and the longer you stay in, in places, the deeper your roots get. And the more we were loving our jobs and friends and just exploring that part of the world where I'd never, never been before. Um, so we so we loved it. And it was really, really tough decision to, to make the decision to come back. Ultimately, you know, family was a, was a big part of it. It was I think we got to that five year mark and we thought, are we going to live here forever? Uh, if we're not, maybe it's now the time to to uh, to go back. But I remember sitting on the on the tarmac in, in Auckland Airport, thinking, "I think we've made the wrong decision. I think we should stay." And we just loved it so much. I think just think it's an incredible country, incredible people. Um, but uh, yeah, for family was a big draw. It's a it's a long way away, and and you know, I was also had in my mind about starting this business, and I felt to do that in the UK was going to be better than than New Zealand. So that was part of the of the drive. But the family was the big draw. And and here's a question. Do you think you'd have started the A business, any business, had you not 
had that experience of starting from scratch at the other side of the world? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I do often think about that because if you were to look at me 10 years ago, the confidence to start a business and to be doing what we had just, just wasn't there. And I think by moving to the other side of the world proved to me that I can challenge myself and I can put myself in an uncomfortable position. We moved across there. We didn't know anybody there. We had a suitcase each. We'd never been in the country. We, we didn't even, my partner and I had only known each other, as I said, for, for a number of months. And it, you know, for us to go there and to then, I had an interview in a school the first day I was there uh, and to get jobs and to make friends and to do all of that, it proved to me that you can embark on something that is new, that you can embark on something that's challenging. And I always have that within me. And, and when I started the business, I always thought, no, I can do this because I've done that so I can do this. Um, and, I, and I maintain that every day I, um, with, with anything that I encounter in life, any challenges. I always think back to the things that I've done successfully. Um, and school wasn't easy for me. I, I had challenges at school, but I got through it. So that was another one to think, well, actually, it was tough, but I can push myself. So I think whilst probably, yep, yeah, again, the, the, the 10, 15 year, year ago, me was very different and wouldn't have put myself in those difficult situations um now I, I thrive off challenge and, and definitely impetus to to start a business okay so there's somebody out there we've got a whole range of listeners some haven't started a business some may are maybe thinking about it and that risk that you take because when you start a business you're betting on yourself aren't you 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 absolutely are and and risk is huge mm, it's, what's it's your good. advice to somebody who's going <laughs> I'm just teetering on the edge. <laughs> I, I, my first piece of advice would be commit. Um, I, I returned back to the UK and actually I, I, I got a, because we, we, we'd done a bit of traveling before we came back and we came back and we had nowhere to live. We had no money, we had no car, we had nothing. Um, so I, I got a job in a maternity cover position in a, in a school in Edinburgh and a really great school. Um, and I absolutely loved it there. And then the, final day of my maternity post there and the principal pulled me into his office and nobody ever likes to be pulled into a principal's office it wasn't for the first time Um, (laughs) he had a contract on the table for a permanent job in the school and he says you know we like what you've done and a job has just come up and jobs didn't come up in those schools or certainly that school and I um, I politely had to decline it um, because I'd made a decision I wanted to commit to start the business and I knew that if I uh, accepted that position, which was so, you know, I, I walked out of his office thinking, what on earth have you done, Tom? That was a great opportunity. You've turned it down. Um, but I thought if I do that, I'm not going to be able to commit to the business. So I think making that that leap of faith is tough, but do it, commit and throw everything at it uh, would be my, my my first piece of advice. Um you know, there's, there's, I speak to a lot of people who have got ideas and they want to try things, but I think really to immerse yourself in it, it's not going to get off the ground unless you really throw your yourself at it. And once you do that, you need to surround yourself with people who are going to help you, whether that be friends, family, um, people who you don't know that you can ask for a coffee. I mean, the number of coffees I've had with people who were helping me along the way, and I try now to offer myself to, um, to, to, to have those coffees with people who are considering starting a business just to immerse yourself um, immerse yourself with people who know more than you. 
um, because at the start you don't know very much. I certainly knew very little. I'd never been in a corporate corporate world. I'd been in the classroom, um, and yeah, just to 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 commit and to to throw everything at it. I mean, it is kind of tough. It's evenings, it's weekends, it's late nights, it's early mornings. Um, but but certainly find as many people who have been there and done it before. And what you find is people love to share their experience. Yeah, they do. And they love to support. And and I will always be indebted to the people who gave their time to me in their, that, certainly that first few months, first year or so. Yeah, yeah. My, my chap... You did that to me for me back in 1999, my first business with Peter Taylor, ran a, a group of companies called the Townhouse Group Hotelier. And he he had, I think, four hotels at the time. And I said, can I meet you for coffee? And he said, sure. And he was so generous with his time. And yeah, you never forget those people, do you, Tom? And, and they're, I think they're integral to everybody's journey when they're building a business. They, yeah, they absolutely are. And I think it's always, I always, I'm a big believer in pass it forward. Yeah. So what somebody's done for you, you, you do for somebody else yeah. when you can. And, yeah. and I think a lot of those people, you know, they've come from the same position of starting from nothing and, and they know yeah. what it's like. So they want to help. And now when I have the opportunity to help other budding entrepreneurs or people who are considering starting a business I'll do whatever I can um, because I know what people did for me I can't often repay the people that helped me uh, because they're even further on (laughs) but I can sort of pay it forward and I'm a big believer in that. Okay so you you started with a laptop in a coffee shop Um, and what was the first lesson you put online? (laughs) I remember it very well um so yeah started in a coffee shop the first sort of six months was figuring out some sort of a business plan which um was i'd actually love to dig out what i'd written to begin with um uh, and to to get some software in place and um uh to, to to sort of get something up and running and once we had that um, it was then to 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 advertise. I, I spent hundred pounds my first piece of advertising to advertise on a homeschool website. Um, got somebody who had seen it and enrolled their child. Um, I think I made the school sound a lot bigger than it actually was. It was only one member of staff working in the school back then, but they um, showed um, commitment and, and and took a risk. And the first, yeah, the first lesson. So I was the first. I was everything. I was. Um, the marketing manager, I was the admissions manager, I was the head teacher and I was the teacher and it was a year six science lesson and there was a young chap called Toby who was our first um, pupil um, in the school and I taught him uh, science, Um, it's a biology lesson. Uh, I had taught science um, for a few years in a school. Uh, He was a really bright kid and he was was challenging my... uh, my, my my science knowledge um but that was a yeah that was the first lesson and then that family I'm always grateful because they went and told two other families who then joined and that's how it spiraled it started from those first three that then became six and and, and that word of mouth was our uh yeah our only marketing tool back then fantastic that's amazing what point did you make your first major hire where you thought this is quite risky in terms of can I afford this person what what point what stage were you at then 
Yeah. The, so the first thing I needed to do was to bring on a few teachers because we had some students, we had some older students enrolled. And of course, I am a primary teacher and primary teachers, <laughs> primary teachers are very scared of secondary st- students and secondary teachers are very scared of primary students. And when we had some, some uh, sort of 13, 14, 15 year olds join, I kind of thought this is out with my realm of, of knowledge and experience. So um we I put put an advert up for some some teachers just as a from on a contractor basis to come deliver you know four or five lessons a week, and it's funny because we ha- I brought on about the same sort of time about four teachers, um in a variety of different subjects and and, and age ranges, and and I'm so grateful to them for taking a massive leap of faith, and you know online education back in this is sort of early 2017 was, you know not not discussed not thought of uh, remote working you know we didn't use zoom and teams as we do now and so so it's so new for for them and and they they took a risk and the funny thing is that three out of four of those teachers are still with us today and they've seen such an evolution um and then came the time where i needed to um hire somebody sort of on 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 a permanent basis and to support me in this in sort of running the thing as opposed to i had to step back from teaching quite quickly and just be the administrator and facilitator of, of lessons and speaking with parents and uh, and all the rest of it and then starting to build things like policies and you know our, our safeguarding procedures and all, all the rest of it so yeah um a girl in, in edinburgh called called helen who um I'm, I'm still in touch with today she she came on board for the first of the year or so and and supported me and did the most incredible job um so so yeah that 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 was that was it, a small team of about four four part time, very part time teachers, cool. and, uh, and and Helen who, who who worked with me in uh, in in again in that cafe, which was our office for the first um, so a year and a half, and um, that's got it off the got it off the ground. Now, how many countries are you in now? We've got students in over eighty countries. Wow, um, it, it, it 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 fluctuates all the time. I think we're about eighty five at the moment. Okay, that's amazing. And how many staff? Staff, we've got 102 staff. Okay, um, and, and I'm asking you these questions specifically because people in the early stages of their business look at somebody like you and go, well, you know, wow, he, he, you know, he's make, making it, he's, he's made a success of this. But I really want people to understand that it starts with tiny, tiny uh, pieces of work and it slowly builds um and with were, were there any points on the journey where you thought I want to get off this boss I've bitten off more than I can chew I can't do this anymore yeah many many times um you're you're absolutely right I mean it's the analogy of climbing a mountain I yeah. mean it's it's baby steps and it absolutely yeah. is and and it, it takes it takes time it takes a huge amount of patience to, to to do that and keep people around you keep people to, to support with those those steps but yeah there was many times there was there was many times of thinking what have you what have you done um i want to go back and speak to the principal of that school and see yeah. still that contract there that i yeah. could just have a nice easy job and i knew i was going to get paid at the end of every month and yeah. holiday pay and my pension and all the rest of it because i didn't have any of that no. and it, it, it was scary and I hadn't been in in that world before. I didn't know what a P and L account was. I 
you know, didn't know how to register for VAT and, and all of these things mm. that just never experienced before. And, and it was daunting and it was it was huge. And um, especially in, in education when, you know, it, it's such a, it's something you've absolutely got to get right. You're dealing with yeah. the most important thing that, um, you know, the, the parent's child is that they don't have a more important, I don't want to call them assets, but you know what yeah. I mean? They, they are just so you've got to get it right as well um and then you know the sleepless nights thinking about oh what if this goes wrong and what if that that goes wrong there were many times where i thought this is just too much and i would like to be able to just go back to an easier life but but you have those thoughts you have those feelings but then you have the reverse of that you have the other mm. side of thinking wow this is exciting you have the days where you think this is all going to fail and this is awful and I hate this. And you have the days where you've got, you've had a win and you think this is great and you just, you're elated and, and you've got to remember those moments more than the, the ones that get you down. And, and they're the things that get you through. But there, certainly there's probably two occasions I can remember where I was seriously close to just saying right. enough is enough. This is either pausing it and just going with what we had and not, growing any further mm. or, or just stopping the thing altogether and, and going back to the teaching world and what kept you going <laughs> um do you know what I, I i always maintain this um my, my my partner my partner helen who i who i moved to new zealand with um she still keeps me going to this day and she was the one when i was saying this is too much this is she said no you keep going you've I believe in you you've got this you've got this and and she was a massive still is to this day I mean I still have those days today, today. yeah of course um, yeah she was somebody who just you know was a sounding board and 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 yeah she she's an ambitious individual and she she's she, you know it, genuinely if it wasn't for her I would have stopped it I can I can tell you that now and yeah I think I think also you know when you're when we were sort of invested in this and you know we started in September which is the start of the English school term and we had you know five or six pupils on board I didn't want to disrupt their academic year so I thought if I end this that's that's their education what are they going to go and do because they were really enjoying it and they were getting a lot from it and I thought I can't I mean as a, a teacher you know you your your love is for the, the 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 children in the class and the progress that they make and to put an end to that would have would have um yeah I just couldn't do that so yeah combination of the things but but um yeah perseverance patience all of these words that we chuck around in in the sort of entrepreneurial word worship so they're absolutely true you, you need to have them is Helen a teacher still she is um she's a yoga teacher oh uh, wow she's cool. got a background in marketing but she's uh she's a now a a yoga teacher but also uh also does a, a lot of sort of consultancy work in, in marketing oh, nice. oh brilliant okay right do, just as a side it's just popped to, do you ever miss teaching not for the salary and the security but just for the teaching yeah oh, probably every single day i yeah because yeah I absolutely okay there, there's i guess there's two parts of teaching there's the teaching part where you've got your class and you've they're your they're your team they're your community and um, they're incredible. I miss that so much. The administrative side of school reports and parent meetings and emails and late nights, don't miss that. I don't think any teacher would. But yeah, absolutely. I, I really miss the classroom. I miss um, I miss that 
yeah, that team, like my, my class is in a, in a, as a primary teacher, you generally have your class for the whole day mm. uh, and, yeah. and they become so important to you. And, and for me, it was the academic side was obviously important, but it was the, um, the personal growth and the pastoral um, care side that I loved. I love seeing those, those kids who would come in at the start of the school year and they would be anxious or timid or lacking confidence and watching them watching them flourish that for me was was massive so I missed that hugely I miss the sports side I used to um to do a lot of sports coaching and when things settle down in the business I keep saying this but things never settle down in the business. no they don't yeah good luck with that to, yeah, absolutely I want to go back to doing a bit of sports coaching and get back on touchline and um because I, I love that side to it but we um yeah, we, 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 you know, I'm seeing, I'm seeing that same um, growth in young people, but just on a different scale. It's not myself who's, you know, the, it's not my team, but I'm seeing it. Um, we also do regular in-person meetups. Um, I've got one in Dubai in a few weeks time. So I'm going nice. to see about hundreds of our families there. And um, so it's just opportunities like that, that you can bring the communities together, which um, you still got that. But to answer your question, yes, I, I absolutely miss the yeah. classroom. Have you taken any aspects of being a primary school teacher into your leadership role? Wow, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I have. I think um, I hadn't really been in a, I'd been in a very small middle leadership role prior to starting, but I hadn't been in any leadership positions at all ever, really. Um, in, 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 you know, in my school career, university, and in my professional career. Um, so I think I had to learn from other things that I did in the classroom, and I think. For me, it was it was looking after people, and as a teacher, that's kind of your sole responsibility. Is you look after your team and you make sure everybody's thriving. Respect and power thrive is our school motto. Oh, but wow. it goes, goes deeper than that. It goes to you know from from our whole team. Our, our we talk about those three words every single day in every class and every leadership meeting. Right from our six year olds in the school to our senior leaders in the school. Respect and power thrive, and those three words were the three most important words when I was a teacher. Um, I started every single um, school year with the word respect written in huge letters across my my whiteboard in the classroom. We talked a lot about what that word respect meant and that res- you know respect was imperative to, to, to everything. And then empower was a big part. I wanted to make sure that I was, as a teacher, I was a, a facilitator for learning. I wasn't standing there lecturing people, but I allowed young people to learn independently and learn by themselves and in a leadership position I still maintain that today that I want people to um, be empowered to experience things for themselves not to micromanage but to take those steps back and have the tools there um, to thrive and and so I think yeah those three words were always three words in the classroom that were so important so I decided to bring them into the business and um, yeah, I think they're as important on day one as they are today. Um, so that empower bit, I think, is a, is a definitely a, a big part. But as I said before, looking after people, I put a big emphasis on making sure that the team are okay and that they're thriving. We put a big emphasis on well-being and and making sure it's a it's a great place to learn, but it's a great place to work as well. Yeah, lovely. Where are you taking the business? Where next? Yeah, good, good question. Um, 
we there's been so much change and growth uh, over the last few years. Of course, the pandemic was a massive catalyst for development for us. It put online education on the map. It, it allowed us to think about ways of doing things differently in, in all aspects of our life. And, you know, there's been a lot of change, I, I guess, our school pre-pandemic to post-pandemic. And, and now we are headed for further accreditations. Um, we are headed for accreditation by the Department for Education for England. And that will then open us up for Ofsted inspection and uh, all of these things. So that's the, the next part of the, of the journey. But for me, it's about, it's about that word thrive. And it's, it's allowing every young person to achieve success so right now we we um, we are a Scottish-based school, but we run the English system. Um, so we prepare young people to go through to GCSE and then on to A level, which works for a lot of young people. But what we know, of course, it's not a one size fits all, and not every child is going to go through that pathway. So we're looking at opening up additional pathways so that you know young people get to that you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years of age, and they've got that route through. GCSE, A-level, further education, possibly university. Um, but I want to open up opportunities through apprenticeship and through vocational um, things like BTECs and, and di- additional pathways. I want to have every young person who's in the school knows that they can go on their own journey and experience success, whatever that is for them. Um, so that for me is is a big, big part of this is, is, is we want to be able to to make sure that we're capturing everybody and we are um, allowing every young person to to truly thrive and to to be the best versions of themselves. I think that's amazing. I think that's fantastic. Okay, so um, I have a little note here to say you've gone offline, so I'm just going to check that we're still recording. Um, and we can edit this out if we're not still recording, by the way, so don't worry about it. I'm just going to double check that that is... Yeah, that's it flashed up for me, and then it said back online. I don't know. Oh, does it? That's fine then. That's all right. We'll all be good. Okay, good. So, last question, Tom. If your business had a personality or a character, either who would it be or how would you describe it? (laughs) Uh, if it had a personality or a character, um, oh. Uh, you've put me on the spot there. It would be, <laughs> it would be a really positive. It would be somebody, some character with a massive smile on their face. Right. I'm a, I'm a really positive individual. I, um, yeah. But we are always, we're always looking to the future. We're always looking at innovation. We're always looking at things we can do better. We're always looking at how we can improve the service that we offer to our young people. It's a really yeah. happy, um, confident. Yeah, I could probably draw a picture of it to describe it's a little bit more challenging. Um, yeah, that would, that's probably what I would say. Uh-huh. Oh, great. You came back. We missed you there. So let I me ask. I don't know what happened there. I lost connection. Let me ask you that question again. So if your business had a personality or a character, who would it be or how would you describe it? I think I would describe it as uh, I can't think of a, a, a character at this stage, but it would be a really happy character. It would be a really positive, outgoing, 
adventurous character. It would be somebody or something that is always looking to the future. Is um, they'd have a huge smile on their face, uh, and yeah, everything would be good. That's how, how I like to think about. I'm a really positive person. We're progressive. We're future thinking. So it would be somebody who's yeah, just full of life and. Yeah, like I say, got that big happy smile. We're welcoming as well. We're very inclusive. We welcome everybody, irrespective of, you know, their education experience, their background, where they are. Um, we'd be somebody with a big hug. Oh, nice. I like that. I think that's. And if only all our schooling could feel like that. If every kid on the planet could feel like they were having a big hug when they went to school. I mean, what a difference that would make to the world. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I, when I was a teacher, I used to always, my priority before opening any of the textbooks was to make sure that the classroom was a place that the kids wanted to come into. And I thought, if you want to come in here and you're going to enjoy being here and there's a nice atmosphere and a, a welcome, um, and you, uh, then learning's going to be easy. Yeah. Easier. Than, yeah. than than not wanting to be there. Um, so I, I've tried to keep that throughout the school, that it's a place that is welcoming and there is that proverbial hug at the front door for everybody, staff, parents, pupils. Um, they're somewhere where they're supported and they're nurtured and they know that they're somewhere where we're going to look after them. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Tom, and the best of luck for the future. Thank you very much indeed. Entrepreneurial Journey Podcast. We're talking business and building a culture that's kick ass. Where we make